Well, hello there, Difference Makers. You have tuned in for episode number four of the Primary Teacher Friends podcast. Today, we're talking about broken crayon kids. Do you know what that is? Well, I'm about to tell you and provide you four easy strategies to connect with those kids. Are you ready? You are tuned in to the Primary Teacher Podcast. Now, if your job description doesn't consist of teaching little people to read, develop, succeed, and grow, you're probably in the wrong place. But if you do teach kindergarten, first, or second grade, well, you're what we call a difference maker. And you're among friends here. And now, your host, primary teacher, content creator, and little people fanatic, Tony Mullins. Welcome, friends. I don't know where you are as you join me today. Maybe you're taking a walk or in the car with your kids on the way to work. Wherever you are, I'm so glad you're here today because this is a topic that needs to be talked more about. Today, I'll be sharing with you a post that I made on my Teacher Tony Facebook page. It was shared thousands of times and for good reason. Because this story digs deep down in the heart and makes us think of our students in different ways. If you'd like to check out the story there, I am going to link it directly down in the show notes. And now I'm going to tell you exactly what broken crayon kids are. I'm a kindergarten teacher which means I deal with broken crayons every day. The actual ones and the kid ones. The interesting thing is how much the two have in common. For instance, you wouldn't believe how easy it is to throw away either of the kinds. That sounds horrific, but it's the truth. If the world knew how many Crayola-branded clunks of wax... I've tossed in the trash in exchange for fresh pointed forms of vibrancy. Every environmentalist in the country would know my name. You see, when you're in the middle of teaching a content-rich lesson that is standard aligned, differentiated to fit all learning styles, and took an hour to top in a neatly formatted lesson plan, Crayons are the least of your concern. When little Timmy is completing a formative assessment in the middle of my moment and yells, My blue broke! It is common practice to get him a new one. Crisis averted. I have a whole case of the things after all, and I know those broken stubs of pigment are harder for little hands to handle. Who truly enjoys using broken crayons anyway? No one. That is who. It wasn't until one ordinary day in the classroom that my kid crayons became evident. A beautiful dark-eyed girl with an irresistible personality brought something to me during indoor recess time. I found this on the floor, Miss Mullins. 
Do you want me to throw it away? She knew that was my procedure. She had seen it many times. Broken crayons get trashed. What she didn't know is how many times I had felt like throwing her issues away from my classroom. It was in that moment, while looking at a tarnished and halved flamingo pink Crayola in her hand, that I made an incredible realization. She was one of my broken crayons. As adorable as she sounds, she is one of those difficult kids. She came to me mid-year from a background too tragic to declare. Her life beyond my classroom walls had whittled her down to a mere stub. The manifestation of those problems exhausted me throughout the day. Tantrums, defiance, and a hint of violence turned my smoothly managed classroom into a war zone. She was ruining my whole box of pristine coloring tools, and I hated it. On top of it all, she was low-performing and seemed impossible to teach. I couldn't be held responsible for this. What was I to do? It would have been so easy for me to wave a white flag and call her finished. Too difficult to teach and in need of help I wasn't qualified to provide. Thankfully, I don't think that way. Although I obviously have bad habits when dealing with real crayons, broken crayon kids feed my passion. I used to be one of those myself in so many ways. I didn't give up on that problematic kid because she was so much like I used to be. Fast forward several months to this very crayon incident and you wouldn't believe it was the same child. She was in no means perfect. None of us are. But now she was engaged in the classroom and forming an intrinsic love for learning. It wasn't until she came to me that day, crayon in hand, that I realized her transformation and the heartfelt trials that brought us both to that moment. I had refused to give up on her, paying it forward for the incredible people who hadn't given up on me. And the result was magnificent. She was my very own work of art. Some students come to us as broken crayons with incredible potential but in desperate need of someone to see their worth. They don't color the same, they are hard to handle, and could easily be tossed away. Here is the key, though. Broken crayons can still be used artfully in the hands of someone who sees their value. Using a broken crayon is difficult for any artist, but that doesn't mean something magnificent can't result with enough patience and persistence. My challenge to you, teacher, is this. Be one of those who takes those broken crayons and creates something beautiful. Now that you know from my story what broken crayon kids are, let's talk about how to help and connect with them. Remember this. When some students enter your classroom, they are entering with an identity that they've had for a long time. 
my sweet little girl from the story, came into my classroom from a background of homelessness and foster care and abuse. She saw herself as a problem to everyone that she came in contact with, including me, her new teacher. She didn't see the potential that lied within herself. And for a long span of time in our classroom, she stuck with that identity that she had because it made her feel comfortable. It was all she knew about herself. So in order to connect with broken crayon kids, these difficult kids that come in our classroom, we have to give them a new identity. Now that's not the easiest job, but it definitely can be done. So how do we give a kid a new identity in our classroom? Well, first of all, we treat them completely different than everyone else has treated them in the past. We give them patience and love and care and we give them hope. So here are four ways that you can really nurture the new identity that is going to bring this broken child into a place of optimal learning. Number one, brag on them. Many of these kids have never received positive affirmation. Tell them how awesome they are. Tell them how wonderful they are. Tell them how beautiful they are. And don't just tell them, tell others around them. Find your kid in the hallway around another adult and take that opportunity to say, Hey, friend, this little one right here is working so hard in the classroom. I am so impressed with them. And tell their caregivers. Maybe their caregivers have never heard the positive side of this child and were starting to lose hope themselves. In the case of the little girl here in the story, every time I got a chance, I let her foster parents know that I saw big things in her future and that I believed in her and that I was adamant about making sure she found success in the classroom. They were astounded and it brought them on board with helping too. So let them hear you and see you brag on this little one and be sure the little one hears you too. Every time you do, it's another vote casted to them believing in their new identity. Number two, Give them a thoughtful gift. I'm not saying you need to run down to Walmart and spend a bunch of money to buy this little one something nice. Well, that's not really fair to all the other kids in your class anyway. I'm saying write a note or draw a picture and secretly stuff it in their little hand or their backpack and give them something that really lets them know that you care. The wonderful thing about working with primary aged kids is that those little things matter the most. In my classroom, we do a lot of dictated drawings. I think that is a fun way to teach listening skills and motor skills and all sorts of skills. After we finish a drawing, I've also participated and done it as well. I choose a student to sneak that picture to on the way to the school bus. 
Well, that little girl in our story received many of those pictures and actually has a collection of them at home. She loved those types of things and it just made the biggest difference. And it definitely helped to support her new identity in our classroom as someone who is loved and appreciated and that I had high expectations for. Let's move on to number three, which is give them a special name. This is so simple, but it makes the biggest difference. Have you ever had a nickname or just a special little name that someone calls you? Both my mama and my daddy gave me special names that they used throughout my life. I'd give anything to hear those again. My mama called me Boucher. She called me her little Boucher. And every time I heard that, it just brought a sense of warmth and belonging. And then my daddy, he had a funny way of saying words. He always switched the sounds. So instead of little sister, he would call me Siddalister. <laughs> and every morning... In the last year of his life, he lived with me here, and I'd walk in the living room, and he'd say, good morning, Siddalister, and it was just so happy, and those things really matter. When I look back at those two important people, I'll always remember those names that they gave me. So give your students special names, because that creates a different kind of bond. In my classroom just this past year, there was a little girl that loved how the school secretary called her Flossie May. She said, Miss Mullins, every time Kendra sees me in the hall, she calls me Flossie May. You should have seen the little grin on her face. Those things really matter to all of us, but they especially matter to kids. Okay, let's get on to number four, which is help them find and recognize their strengths in learning. We should be doing this for all kids, of course, but you should really hone in and focus on your broken crayon kids and what they are able to do well. More than likely, they receive very little encouragement and don't see themselves as good at anything. So my little girl in the story was very behind, but it didn't take long for me to realize that she was very quick in picking up sight words. Her sight word identification was really, really improving at a quick rate. I took that opportunity to brag on her, and she really became passionate about learning those sight words, and from there, she became passionate about other areas in the classroom. Helping her recognize that she had strengths helped her identity as a learner. Let me just say, there was a time in my life when I came to a new place after being homeless and in foster care. And it was that year that my teacher brought to light that I was really good at writing. Still today, I think of Tabitha Pennington, and I appreciate her for giving me the recognition I needed to feel successful at that time. It was life-changing. So find those strengths, no matter what they are, and help that child celebrate those. Teacher, I know just because you've listened this far 
that you are one of those teachers who are capable of taking that broken crayon kid, that little bitty stub, and making a beautiful piece of art. I hope I have helped you in some way to recognize their beauty and to never give up on them. Teacher friends, that wraps up episode number four of the Primary Teacher Friends podcast. If you haven't already, I so hope that you'll join our Facebook community where awesome teachers just like you like to collaborate and share thoughts, ideas, and resources. If you haven't already, jump over there. But now it's time for me to go. Until we meet again, go make a difference, teacher friend. Teacher friend.